Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason view in the Incarnation. Episode number 125, Chatterview with Jennifer Gallardi. A few months ago, Jenny was scanning the news as she usually does in order to keep us current on what's happening in the world around us, when she suddenly let out a bit of a surprised gasp. She said to me, John, there's an article on the Epic Times by Jennifer Gallardi entitled, Why I Left the Left. Okay, back up. Those familiar with our story, Jenny's and mine, will not be surprised that I am undoubtedly in the best physical shape of my life, essentially because Jenny is my fitness guru. Well, in many ways, one of Jenny's fitness gurus, while she bore and raised seven children, which you would never know if you saw her today, was Jennifer Gallardi. When the kids found out we were going to be interviewing Jennifer Gallardi, it was like announcing we were interviewing the president of the United States <laughs> or the latest Hollywood celebrity. All of them remember dancing and working out with mom to JG's videos. To hear of Jennifer's conversion to Christianity excited us no end. So I threw caution to the wind and asked JG if she would consent to chatting with Jenny and I. Today's gracious appearance is the result. I am taking a back seat and letting Jenny run the show today. Well, both Jennies. Thanks, Jennifer, for joining us. And you swim in a much larger pond than we do. So we appreciate your coming over to swim in our waters for a bit. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Atheist. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I truly believe all the waters lead to one big water ruled by one great God. So true. we're all in it together. So Okay, so he explained your relevance to me. I mean, it started back in 2005. Um, you, I don't know if you remember all your DVDs. Because <laughs> you put out a lot. Vaguely, yes. It was, yes. It was prevention. It was prevention mm. fitness. Mm -hmm. That was, that was my second one. Was that? Okay, 2005. Mm -hmm. And then we followed you like for 10 years. And then we <laughs> kind of just dropped away. But over the summer, you have, back back when I remember, you had a, a standing stomach workout where you stand mm -hmm. up and work out. So that's what I was looking for on the web. Uh. And, and that's when it came up. Jennifer Gillardy, why I left the left. And I thought, this can't be the same Jennifer <laughs> Something very different than what you were looking for. Right, exactly. So that was really exciting. So you've accomplished a lot in your life. I mean, you've accomplished a lot of things. You've been a writer, fitness instructor, fitness mm -hmm. expert, author, podcaster, actress, right? You've mm -hmm. done acting too. Yeah. So who are you right now? <laughs> Officially, because you've had a huge change. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. My brother calls me a culture warrior. Uh, is he aligned with with who you are now? I would or is, say it, is he, is he mocking or is he serious? We've switched, actually. Oh, it's ironically, yeah. we've switched a bit, yeah. which is interesting. He's also yeah. a lawyer, so he's very hard to debate because he's very oh, yeah. good at what he does and oh, very yeah, smart. Be... So I'm just I'm usually just trying to keep up. <laughs> but uh, so he calls me that. I mean, I can tell you part of me that has stayed the same through the whole thing, and that is my search for truth and my seeking God. So that's the part that's been consistent. And you feel you've been seeking God all the way through. You yes. Just didn't, you didn't I know just, it was 
it was him. didn't know it was Jesus. Right. Okay. <laughs> Until okay. a few, you know, not even a few, two, a couple of years ago, really a right. couple of years and two months. But yeah, I've always been a seeker. I think that's always been the foundation of my life has been a spiritual seeking and a quest and spiritual practices. And I, they took many forms and different paths. And, you know, what was missing was a sense of kind of rationality, a sense of logic, logos, God, really, the monotheistic God of Christianity and also Judaism and also Islam. But, you know, that's been the same. What's changed is just the outer manifestation, Mm -hmm. right? So during my seeking, I ended up teaching the things I was learning. You know, I was a dancer growing up. And so I taught dance. And then as I became more entrenched in my own personal journey, my own personal healing, I'm like, oh, I should teach this. And somehow the stars aligned. I ended up in front of the camera and that's what happened. And then I kind of feel like I brought people along with me on that journey as I ventured from fitness to nutrition, to yoga, to meditation, to all these different practices. And that took the form of writing. And I really thought that that's what I was called to do that I was called to be well, a you're very good at it yeah you're oh. very good <laughs> yeah, I mean you were you were excellent at teaching dance and your writing we were we were super impressed yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not surprised that you can write but just surprised it was just really well yeah. done He's, well, the ability to do a yeah. variety of things well right, um, right. isn't mm. often found right right go ahead uh, sometimes I say that I'm a jack of all trades, master of one, which in some ways is positive. And sometimes when you're looking for a job, not so great because people don't know where to put you. So I've really just kind of trusted <laughs> the Lord to direct me on that path. But I really thought that that was what I was put on earth to do. And then, you know, COVID happened and I kind of underwent this personal transformation. I started thinking, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? This fitness? Do I want to be kind of a slave to my body? One, the way it looks to the, you know, I'm sure I'll always stay fit and healthy because I feel like without that, I'm not empowered to do my purpose, whatever God's calling me to do. If I'm sidelined by disease or low energy or poor nutrition or feeling terrible, illness, sickness, whatever it might be. So, I mean, that's so ingrained in me now. It's just part of who I am. But I did think like, I don't know, so much of my old career was really based around my insecurities and the need to be seen. And with those gone and healed and knowing who I am in Christ, I just think my career has taken another path. Exactly. And in a way, I am, I'm still a teacher. I still want to teach people about the foundations of government, the roots of America's order, political systems, uh, civic education. Yeah, common exactly. sense at this point. It just seems like that's gone out the window. So I'm just trying to rationalize. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, no. that's that. Well, we were going to talk to you about, about your past. You grew up in a conservative home, mm-hmm. a traditional home, mm-hmm. and you got to the point where you just rejected it all, right? I did for the most part. I think, you know, 18, I wanted to get out of this small town, Pennsylvania, yeah. hick, area. I thought, oh, gosh, there was so much more out there and I want to be refined and mm-hmm. and polished and, you know. Uh, and, know th- and just know things, right? Yeah. Yeah. A curi- yeah. I mean, I think I, at the at the heart of it, I have a curiosity and I felt like there was something bigger for my life. And so I went to school in Virginia and <laughs> I wasn't sure that I was going to find the something bigger in my life in Alabama, but that's where I ended up after school for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I moved out to LA and became very disconnected from how I grew up. And this happens with a lot of kids, you know, 18 year olds, college, they go to explore. Yeah. What would you say? Why did you kind of walk away from your parents? 
what your parents' experience was? Well, I, was it- part of it, I think, is who I am. I, I always want to know the why, right? I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not enough to just say, well, because this is the way it is, or this is the way. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, I, I always say it's important, too, that while my parents were conservative and brought me up in that kind of philosophy, it wasn't underpinned with religion. So it wasn't because I didn't have any understanding of God at that point. It was just because I said so. And that to me was never good enough. Did your parents take you to church? Mm-mm. Or I was baptized. I was baptized in the Greek Orthodox faith. My mother's side of the family is Greek Orthodox, but I, I wasn't raised with it much at all. I would go to Easter services, Greek Orthodox Easter services with my grandmother from yeah. time to time, but I wasn't, it wasn't a foundation. It wasn't, it wasn't instilled in in my being. So, you know, I went out in search of, I think ultimately that, but you, I'm rebelling, right? I had a strict Mm -hmm. upbringing. I was rebelling. I wanted to be free. I wanted to feel like I was charting my own course. I went to school. I thought I was going to be wise. Yeah. Wanting to find the wise. Yeah. And then I, I thought this was, I was only, you know, I was a undergraduate, actually public policy undergrad major thinking I was going to go to law school. And I thought, oh, well, this is just what my parents wanted me to be. This is not what I want to do. <laughs> and like you said, I did have all these other interests. Like I I was smart enough to do well in school and to go to a good university, but I was also a very creative person. I also loved dance and movement. So I think it was just, you know, a form of rebellion, a genuine curiosity, a desire to be creative more so in my professional life than I than I had been. And, and so- yeah, it was all of those things. Right, right. No, I understand that. Um, that was part of my own story. I just didn't understand the why. And yeah. so, you know, and and without that, you just, there's no reason to do it except for tradition, you know? Yeah. And do you find that with Christianity now, a lot of tradition and a lot of like, why are we doing it this way? Oh, it's interesting that you're bringing this <laughs> up because I've returned to the, not only have I returned to Christianity, but I've returned to orthodoxy. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I started going back to the Greek Orthodox Church for mm-hmm. almost about a year now. And I'm reading a book about what's the name of this book? It is let's see if I think I just took a picture thirsting for God in a land of shallow wells. The authors, <laughs> Do you know, that one. No, no, but I'm just thinking that that's okay. exactly where yeah. we are. It sounds like the perfect book yeah. for us. <laughs> right, for the moment, right, just for the cultural moment, right. But it's by a man named Matthew Gallatin, and he's describing his journey from Protestantism to Orthodoxy and how many Reformed churches look as uh, to Orthodoxy. Well, it's just this ritual. You don't need that to be close to God. It's a personal relationship. And he's outlining, no, this is how the first fathers did it. This is how the mm-hmm. apostles, they knew without this ritual, these are these are ways to grow closer to God. We're not just doing right. this to do this, to be like performative, the icons, you know, the blessings and the all those kinds of things. So I find that the Orthodox faith has given me such, it's funny because I was in tears this weekend, mm-hmm. missing my church so much that I did not expect to miss. So your church is out in California. The one I've been going to, the Greek Orthodox yeah. Church, yes, okay. is St. Demetrius and in Camarillo, do they, California. Do they have, where you are now, do they have Greek Orthodox churches? Not a Greek Orthodox, but if you are baptized no. into the Orthodox faith, I went I went to a Russian Orthodox church. I was going to say, I thought there was a lot out in Central Central PA. Right? Yeah, there's some Eastern Orthodox and and I am allowed to take communion, which is which is great, but 
the church I went to is now just an admission status. Okay. So it doesn't have a building. It doesn't, it's the I, church I just, you went to here. Yes. Yes. My church okay. in California is a, this beautiful church okay. with the icons and the lighting of the candles. It's, it's not huge. It's not like St. Yeah. Sophia's in downtown Los Angeles, but it's not in the back of like a VFW building either. So, <laughs> you know, I've come to appreciate beauty and art. I mean, if you go to cathedrals mm-hmm. and Orthodox churches, you know, this isn't just for show. This was to honor God, beauty. Right. And and this coincides with my transformation kind of from this progressive liberal ideology that rejects beauty, that rejects kind of anything ornate in the name of like function. Right. I mean, look at the buildings we're building today. They're not pretty. Like right. nothing's there's there's no eye towards what's beauty. And and now we can't even say like beauty is almost something to be ashamed of. We can't put exactly. beautiful women on the cover anymore. They have to be overweight because everybody's got to be inclusive. We we can't say somebody is objectively gorgeous or then you're demeaning them by their looks. And, you know, that's that they're more than just a pretty face. And we're we're insulted by beauty. And I'm like, this right. is bizarre. It is yes. bizarre. It really um, is human. Right. Well, and yeah, yeah it's anti-human. And then like, God forbid, a woman is we we acknowledge the unique beauty of a woman's body. Now all you have to do is put lipstick on a pig and it's a, it's a woman. <laughs> so it, it's like mm-hmm. put a tutu on and all of a sudden you're a woman. And I'm like, that's right. not really how it works. Cause you don't right. have the form, the beauty, the hourglass shape, we're all different shape, but you don't have the beauty of giving birth. You don't have the beauty of a woman's form. You are not a woman. Sorry. Right. Would you like me no, to keep going? Because I no. <laughs> we know <laughs> we, we were we were shouting about that this morning while we were we were listening to some stuff and we were this is just insane. So now, now if you're curious why I'm 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 in a different world, I think the time in a different business, I think the times call for it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. The I mean, you went from one side, I mean you completely flipped over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's like it feels like there's no crumbs left from the old. Yeah, that's, from that's the old actually life. what that's... I said to Jenny when we were driving yeah. somewhere today. I said she managed somehow yeah. to not just make a turn because most people who turn from another religion or from the left to the right, there's this slow pathway where you leave go of the things that you've held on to for so long. And eventually, mm-hmm. of course, you know, God takes over more and more and more, and you're releasing those things. But you seem to have done you know, a radical 180 degree turn. Well, when you said that, you know, I was thinking you experienced it all back in your past because we, we read, we've heard your interviews, we've read your, and you've experienced everything. So, and you've already found it empty and wanting. Do you think that's the thing? Yeah. I mean, I went down a lot of dead ends and so, to me, the the path with Jesus never ends. It does right. seem like, you know, this the title of this book, and I keep forgetting it, but Thirsting for God in a Land of Shallow Wells, this just doesn't, this seems to have the depth that I couldn't ever imagine, and I'll never get there until yeah. I'm reunited with my Lord. But, right. you know, there are still remnants. People, I think it seems like I'm very extreme because everything is extreme. You know, if you don't agree that a man can become a woman, you're a neo-Nazi Christian fascist, you know, stochast, whatever the words are. I'm like, uh, I I was just telling a friend, I think it was yesterday, the day before I'm like, listen, I still don't use like 
chemical soaps. I still make my own makeup remover with essential oils and jojoba oil. I don't use, well, I do have a vice. I have these like little cans of Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper, (laughs) but like I still cook my own food. I still want to try to grow a garden and I don't want pesticides in my food. I mean, there's a lot of good ideas on the left. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 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 I haven't completely abandoned what I learned, but the thing is, it's like, I'm seeking for truth. And there didn't seem to be an objective truth on the left. It was always dependent on how someone feels or emotions, or it was every politically convenient at the time. There wasn't this adherence to principle because they didn't have the adherence to the Bible. Like I find my principles and my morals and my values in the Bible now mm-hmm. and and yeah, from right. how I grew up like I now see and, the value in that right yeah, I asked why and now I have be... you talk about why it's like well I asked the question why and now I have good answers for the why <laughs> right that's mm-hmm. at, at least now I have good answers it's because I know it leads to a greater peace a greater contentment a future a, future, a yeah. purpose yeah. yeah all these things so now I get it I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason. Respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.